All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, She Could So She Did, a dating podcast about dating after divorce in your 40s. My name is Nadia Policard, and I'm your host, and I am so excited about today's episode. I have an amazing guest with me today. His name is Grayson Marshall. I'm going to let him introduce himself in just a second, but we're going to talk about everything from the dynamics of dating an alpha female to what happens if um, you make more money than your partner as the woman in the relationship, and what happens if your man decides that while you go to work every day, you're going to he's going to stay at home um, and either be a work from home, you know, uh, dad or partner. What do you ladies think about that? All right, Grayson, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right, now thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. My name is Grayson Marshall Jr. I hail from Washington D.C. You can follow me on Facebook at Grayson Marshall Jr. The same thing on Instagram uh, at Grayson Marshall Jr. And uh, I'm just a uh, a guy who uh, really believes that people can live their best life, uh, not clichéically that they can, uh, no matter what is involved. And uh, I just want to help them do that. So I'm the guy to get you to believe in you. And I'm excited to be here with the Esquire today, so we can have this conversation about uh, life after 40 and living as single. So this right. is good. That's good. Now, you call yourself the metacognition expert, correct? Correct, yeah. Tell us what that means. Metacognition, by definition, means the understanding and awareness of how you think. And what people really need to have a better understanding of is that your feelings will fuel your faith. And how you feel has a lot to do with how you live. And we, we talk about what we want, and we're talking today about relationships. And the reason we don't have them, I believe, Nadia, is because we focus on what we don't want as opposed to what we do want. I, I've, I've said this before to some folks. I said, when you were a kid and you asked, you were asked for something, let's say for Christmas, and you were asked what you wanted for Christmas, you didn't say, well, I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want this. You just said, here's what I want. You ask for what you want. We tend not to do that in life today. We don't ask for what we want. We preface it about what we don't want. So when we're talking about dating after divorce or dating single at an older age, we literally, instead of saying what we want in a partner, we say what we don't want. Well, I don't want a guy to do this and I don't want, I've been through that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And what we don't understand is you're going to get what you don't want. Mm. And it's because it's what you're constantly focused on. When you understand how this whole thing works, whatever has your focus has your momentum. So you're literally focusing on what you don't want. Because it's kind of like what you're saying. I don't want a guy to teach me like this. I don't want a guy who talk this way. I don't want a guy that acts like this. Well, you're going to get that guy. And, really? you're wondering, and you'll keep wondering why you keep getting this. Because it's what you keep talking about what you don't want. Because, again, if you look back at our lives, when you go shopping, and I know you're not bougie. We talked about that. But when you go shopping, you don't go into the store saying what you don't want. You go in the store saying, I want this. I'm looking for this. Now, when you get in there, if they happen not to have that, you may say, well, since they don't have that one, I'll take this one. But you don't go anywhere saying, I don't want this. You go out to eat with somebody. When they go to dinner, you say, well, um, what do you want to eat? Well, I don't want this. I don't want that. So I mean, just, no, you say what you do want. And then if they don't have that, you may take another option. We have to change our conversation about what we want because we're going to be frustrated with what we get when that's what you asked for. Okay. So, so let me interrupt you real quick. So um, in one of my recent podcasts with Kay Wanda Lamb, she's a relationship and life coach. 
she talked about women should have a list. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's, you know, two schools of thought on that. Some people are like, lists are bad because you're basically trying to pigeonhole someone to fit a specific set of, I guess, criteria. Why not keep an open mind? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about that? Is that what you're saying? We should have a list of characteristics or qualities that we want in a, our future mate? I have a list. Can you share with us what's on the list? I'll share with you the top five, but here's the thing. I don't tell the girl what I, what's on my list because the minute you tell somebody what's on your list, they become your list. Oh, so you they have, conform. So you're saying correct. they're not being authentic. Correct. So you have your list and all you're doing is watching as you're getting to know them. You have your list and you're looking at what's there. Hey, that ain't on the list. That don't work. Because here's okay, So tell us what's on your list. Okay. So when, I look, at the, when I look at five things, I look at five things that I really look at from a, from a distance. Number one is, do they study God's word and do they go there for answers? Now, I'm not saying they have to be a theologian or be a Bible-thumping person, but do you, do you live your life by those principles? And if you're having trouble with what you're going through, do you go there for answers instead of to your yeah. girlfriend or to, or to Twitter? All right. Number two, um, we have to be able to talk about everything, good and bad. Mm-hmm. That's got to be something. So I've got to be able to have a conversation with you and not be, a, not be challenged by what I'm going to say to you or how I say it. I just should be able to talk to you. Number three, Hold they got. Hmm? You said challenge, not be challenged. We'll get back to that. Okay, not okay. be challenged. Let's say okay, <laughs> number three. Um, they have to have a high emotional uh, intelligence. They got to have a high EQ. That means they can't be you. You they can't react emotionally to everything. I mean, it, every time something happens, they just can't be drama. Just, we cannot have that one. That's not going to work. <laughs> Whoa, I got to follow up on that. Okay. Can't be emotional. I'm writing this down. No, they, no, they have to have an IEQ. They have to have a high emotional quotient. So they have to have a little, they have to respond to stuff. Step back, look at it before they actually just fly off the handle every time. Number okay. Four, number four, and this is a big one. They have to be able to be alone. Okay. And, and what and what I mean by that is if if you're if you and I are dating, but when we're not together, you have to be with your girl. You have to be with somebody. You got to be constantly doing something. Then that tells me you really haven't found your own space, and you're still trying to fill some voids. And that's mm-hmm. not. I don't want to be a void filler on anybody's life. That's really important. Yes. Right. And then the fifth one is I got it on my door right here. Oh, one. wait, hold up. You have the list on your door? Right, right here on my door. If I could turn it around, <laughs> right there. Right okay. Because I really believe that, again, you have to lock in on what you want so that you, it can become a constant thought and constant there. You, you have to know what it is you want so when you see it, it's there. I talked uh, in a fifth one, I go there, and how she treats others is how she treats you. So I just watch how you treat other people. You know, we go out to dinner. If you cussing the the waiter out, I know what's coming. You know, at, at some point in time, I'm gonna get cussed out. You know, so so I think you need to spend time. And and I said this too, um, Nadia. The Bible says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing." Since we're that talking, that is about. a fact. So here's the deal, though. When I looked at that verse of scripture in Ephesians, um, I mean, excuse me, in Genesis, um, Adam didn't have to look for Eve. Matter of fact, he was asleep when God took his ribs. So he had nothing to do with the person that, that he brought in. So I think that a lot of times when we think about finding, we think about searching out. I've got to go find this wife. I believe that you find means you know what you are supposed to have when you see it. In other words, I have an idea of, I know, so I know what it is and what it ain't. 
So when I meet a woman, I'm like, that ain't her. And I know because I know what I'm looking for. That's what I mean. Fine. I think guys have, and I think the, the whole dating scene believes that guys are looking for or finding. So we're going out trying to figure out who we want. We don't know what we want. I believe if you sit back and get to know you first and then know what you need, it's real easy to say, no, she ain't the one. Nope, that's not her. Uh-uh. Nope, that's oh. not her. So where do you, since you're not out searching, then how do you come across? Well, first of all, tell us, let's back up. Single, married, what's your relationship status, if you don't mind sharing? Free. 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 Okay. Free to do what you want. Okay. I'm single. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but I think freer is a better word because even when I was married, I wasn't free because I didn't know who I was. I was in a, I was in denial of what I was going through. I was in really a misunderstanding of who I really was. So I wasn't free. I was bound by a relationship that wasn't healthy. I was bound by me that wasn't healthy. So either way, I wasn't, there was nothing about that that was healthy. So now I'm free, meaning that I know who I am. So now I can be more available, not just being single, more available emotionally, more available spiritually so that I can be for somebody what what they need to be if I'm the person for them. I love that. Yeah, I love that. So I think that is a good way to, to put it. Like, I feel like now I need a t-shirt that says free. Because, I saw, yeah. I saw you posted today earlier. That was funny. Me? Yeah, the one you posted today earlier. But that's a whole other subject. Wait, what What did I post? The t-shirt you posted about uh, oh. the motivational speaker. Yeah, <laughs> um, shall not try me. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. so would you define that? So going back to, I'm going to call it your vision board on dating, since uh -huh. you have it posted. Is that fair to say, your list? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, five, okay. Those are five things that I really, if you get past those five, we can start to work. But uh, mm -hmm. those five have to be, those are non-negotiable right there. <laughs> non-negotiable. Well, you said she can be emotional. And I'm going to... No, no, hold on. Here's what I said. I said she has to have a high EQ. Okay. In other words, women are going to be emotional. That's not what I'm I saying. I was going to say, I think by definition, I hate to say it, and I'm a strong, we, we've talked about this before. You and I have had great conversations yeah. about, you know, the male and female dynamic. And, mm -hmm. you know, I would characterize myself as an alpha female. Okay. And I feel like usually my tolerance is really high with the BS. Mm -hmm. Usually it is. Mm -hmm. But when I reach a certain point where now I've reached my limit, I know in hindsight that sometimes I may react emotionally. Um, you know, going back to the whole thing about being emotional, I feel like em being emotional, there are good and bad emotions and it's okay to express yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, yeah. Even look at biblically, the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down. It's not something that will happen. My thing is, how do you handle that? Okay. A person with a high emotional quotient, would be able to reflect on themselves and not continually blame the other person. You know what I'm saying? You, you, mm -hmm. The engagement would be what it is, but then there'd be some resolution when it's over. That's what I'm talking about. Can you, yeah. can you own... Healthy conflict. Yeah. Can you own your stuff in the middle of it? Or is it always somebody else? See, mm -hmm. low IQ says it ain't never my fault. High IQ says, here's an issue. Um, you know what? Here's my part in it. And we're going to keep it moving. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to that. Can you basically high EQ means can you own your own stuff? Absolutely. When you got to when it's your stuff, can you own your stuff? You know what I was wrong, and I know what. That to me, I think is music to men's ears. If a woman can ever say, you know what, baby, I was wrong. I just that that was not right right there. Yeah. I just that that just wasn't you're right. No, 
You're right. I, I should have done that. Cool. That's what's up. Right. I think my boy posted this morning. He says, does a woman ever say, I'm just going to shut up and listen to my man? Yes. I have face. learned. I have learned. it. So, you know, I've been single, separated, you know, now divorced, but the last three years. And in these three years, I have learned, which I wish I would have done in my own marriage, is just like, I don't have to be right all the time. And who cares at the end of the day? Can you record that again? Can you, can you say that again? Can you put some special effects around that, please? Yes. Yes. Let's, let's be clear. I have learned, and I think that takes a a level of maturity that I do not have to be right all the time. Like, especially on little things. Like, I actually don't care. Sometimes I know the man is not right. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Like, who cares? Keep it moving. Exactly. So, and I, hmm? and I think that's, I think that, that right there will play a part in the relationship growing. And it's not about who's right or wrong. I think it's about what each one needs and men, whether, whether or not it's, I'll say this, even if it's not genuine, if there appears to be respect, a man will keep moving. What, stops what do you mean? Keep moving, like keep the relationship going. Yeah. yeah. The, the one thing that will kill a relationship for men, I mean, good solid men is lack of respect. If they're not respected, then that men can deal with just about anything else. I believe a mature man can deal with about any other shortcoming. But when they're disrespected and openly disrespected, I think that is the one thing that really just tears at the fabric of who a yeah. guy is. I think it's the, it's the beginning of emasculation. And emasculation yeah. is a detrimental thing because it becomes a societal thing. It becomes a generational thing. When men are emasculated, the fabric of society takes a hit. Mm. So this is one of my favorite topics when you and I, you know, meet up for coffee is the alpha female, um, a submissive woman. And you were really surprised when I was like, I really feel like a man should lead. And I don't have any problem being in a relationship where the man is the leader. Um, I was surprised. Yes. So, and that's what I want. Like, even though, I mean, I am definitely an alpha female. There's no question about it. And most of my best friends, they are also alpha females. And I can say, I'll speak for myself personally, that some of the challenges that we have faced, my, you know, alpha female friends, is that um, sometimes we're too focused on being in charge. And then I've realized, again, in recent years, like, I don't want to be in charge. I want a man to be in charge. But in order for the man, for me to feel comfortable in that scenario, I have to trust him. And also, he has to demonstrate himself to be trustworthy, right? And a good leader. What are your thoughts on that? Like, what is, um, you know, what are the dynamics between, like, women leading, male leading, in your opinion? Well, when we talked about it, I want an alpha female. I've said that from the beginning. Um, And you said to me, if you want alpha female, here's what you need to do. And we talked about that. I think there is a, there's a dual purpose dynamic in relationship today. If you look at the Bible in Ephesians 3 and 20, Eve did not get her name until after the fall. So before the fall, she was named, they were named him. They were named Adam. Their name was Adam. In Ephesians 3 and 20, after the fall, it says Adam named Eve, and Adam gave, gave her the name Eve because she was now the mother of all living things. So there now were two duels of purpose. Ephesians, I mean, um, Genesis 3.16 says that the man will desire to control the wife. 
Say that again. Ephesians 3, I mean, uh, Galatians, I mean, excuse me, Genesis 3.16 says, and the woman will desire to control the man. The woman will desire to control the man. Right, it says that in Genesis 3.16. There's a there was there's all there was always going to be or there was a foresee of a power struggle when it comes down to it um, because of the way the order of things work. So I think that the alpha the alpha female is just a I don't know a, a progression of that whole thing. But just like you said, the true alpha female that understands all of the biblical history doesn't mind submitting if the man can lead and the man can trust. I think that the emasculation of the man has created a low self-esteem man, which I was, um, a man that needs to be fortified by acceptance, and they'll find it anywhere. And I think that if they didn't have to go look for that or felt like they had to look for it, that there was a, even if you were, I, I look at Joyce Meyer, and Joyce Meyer often talks about, and there's no question who the leader in that house between her and her husband, but she'll tell you in a minute, no, he's the head of my house. But everybody knows Joyce. No, nobody knows her husband. Mm -hmm. And I think if you understand the dynamics of their gifting, you can position yourself. But he don't have a problem with her being her if I'm the head of the house. But nine so, times out of ten, that, that progression so take somebody like you. You're an attorney. Uh, you're in a you're a business owner. Far the coast. I mean, you you got every act like you look. You got as many plaques as I got them on. You know what I'm saying? That that shows who you are. But men are intimidated by that because usually that woman is out to be equaled or be more than that man so he feels threatened by it. and i've shared this woman before how can i be the man if you're being the man okay so hold on so you're saying men are intimidated by let's say you said in my scenario because i'm an attorney that would intimidate most men mm -hmm. i think so i mean men who don't know who they are and here's the deal not intimidate them by what you've accomplished intimidated by what that means in the sphere of the house because you may be, you may make more money. Um, your career may be more demanding. So for, for men, if we look at the scenario, we were given one job at the beginning in this, and that was to give leadership, give headship, name everything and be in charge. Well, you all had another job, nurturing, being the mother and everything. Now you're doing our job and we don't know how to do your job. So mm -hmm. now what are we supposed to do? Because we weren't taught to do but one thing. You all were originally doing something else. Now you're doing our job. So guys are sitting there like, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? I don't know how to do anything else. Okay, so what are your thoughts then on, like, it, let's say the scenario you described where there's a woman who, you know, she's in corporate America or whatever, and her husband, the family decides that the husband or her mate will be a stay-at-home father. Mm -hmm. Do you think those relationships are doomed or can they succeed? Can I, did still, hmm? I, I did. I did. So when I started my businesses, okay. my, my families, my, my ex-wife and my daughters ran my business and I stayed home with my special needs grandson. I did that. And I stayed at home. Here's what, and again, what I'm talking about when that imbalance comes, I was made to believe in what it was said to me was I wasn't doing anything. So do you feel that that was a mis like, do you regret having done that? Like staying at home? No, 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 no. I regret, I regret the situation I was in because it was a narcissistic relationship. Because I, be so, but do I believe that scenario can work? Of course I do. I definitely believe it can work because um, men who are willing to do whatever it takes, which most men are, if they're a true guy, a true guy will go be above and beyond. 
if he's a true guy. So if above and beyond means take on a new role, stay at home, do what you got to do, then that's what's up. If you're a true guy, if you're an egotistical, egomaniacal, un, unwavering person, then no, you won't do that. You'll think that that's beneath you. Well, he, I, so in that relate in that scenario, though, weren't you being like the nurturer? Like that's according to what you said, yeah. the roles were reversed. So right. you were at home being the nurturer. Um, and I believe, I believe, watch this. I believe men are nurturers too. It just wasn't our original assignment because in the beginning we were the only ones here. So we had to deal with the animals. We had to do everything. So there had, there should be a soft, vulnerable side to every man. There's no two ways about it because men were the first ones to teach love. Mm. It should be a part of what we do. It was never our daily assignment when the woman, because she became the mother of all living things. I believe the naturalness of a woman is nurturing. Why? Because you feed the baby from your breast. I mean, there's a, there's a closeness. You, you house them for nine months. You know what I'm saying? There's a different relationship. When I, we don't have that relationship. We make it and we wait. You right. go through all of those things. So there's, there's a different relational capacity that you have with them that is something we'll never experience. I don't know what it's like to carry a baby. I don't know what it's like to give birth to a baby. I don't know what that, pe- that, that postpartum is like. I, not, guys will never experience that. Right. But we know, we should know nurturing because nurturing is a part of love. And it's an mm-hmm. unconditional acceptance of, of the responsibility you have now as a husband and a father. Right. True men love, and that's what they show. So there should be, there should never be a scenario where a kid doesn't want to run to his father. They run to their mother. But just like we run to our Heavenly Father, when we run to our Heavenly Father, we run into love. And that's what they should run into when they come to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be honest. I would not feel comfortable in a relationship where I'm the one going to work every day, leaving the house while my mate is at home taking care of the kids. Why not? Why not? Mm-mm. Because because I just feel like that's that's not this is not what I signed up for. But you like, said, I, and listen, like I want I I will always work. I love to work. I love to do what I do. But um, I want to be there for my kids. Like if someone's gonna stay home, like great, let's both you know, whatever. And like now my kids are older, but um, if I'm the one leaving the house every morning and leaving my young children at home, I don't feel that would not make me feel good. I would really feel like. He's not leading. <laughs> I know. That, that's not, that, I mean, that's just how I would feel. I'm going, I'm leaving the house every day to run a business or, you know, work for corporate America, work for the man. And you're at home, you know, making lunches and scheduling play dates. No, sir. <laughs> that's, that's not going to work out for us. Oh, but why, why? So, so, so it's devalued when he does it, but it's highly valued when you do it. Because I feel like that is my role, and I would want to be the one taking care of my children. This is why I have the children. Like, I want to do this. So then, why do you want to work then? I would like I work from home now, and I love it. Right, but I'm saying so. So, so, mm-hmm. so wait a minute. So you, you, you wouldn't want to go to work. And let him stay at home and be the nurturer. But yet you still want to work. I could work from home, which I've been doing. And the way the why reason why. I, so what if he's working from home? Well, that's a whole different thing. So like what you're saying, the scenario you described earlier was that um, they ran the business and you took care of, you know, most of the domestic 
duty. I started the business. I started the right. business. Right. And then, but they took it over, right? Y'all go ahead and run it. And I'm going to take care of, of our special needs grandson 24 hours a day. Da, da, da. So you're saying that doing that, I'm not leading, right? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying you. No, I'm just saying I'm for me, I would feel in my, so this is what I'm going to say. Like I'm going, so if there's a scenario where one person, one parent can stay home, then um, I would prefer that that person be me. Okay. All right. All right. Like you go do you at the job, running your business, whatever it is. And I will be the one taking care and handling the, res- you know, the domestic responsibilities. That's okay. just how I would feel. And I can say that with, you know, haven't had that experience, meaning, you know, there were times during the marriage where, um, well, my um, former husband was self-employed for a while. So he worked out of, out of an office and then he worked from home um, for a while, but he was working, but he was responsible for, um, like I used to drop the kids off on the way to school before I went to work. And then um, he would pick them up like at three o'clock or whatever it is. And, you know, I'm like working. So I was never home to pick the kids up. And I remember one time for whatever reason, I may have left work early. Um, and I went, you know, I was in car line. And one of the moms was like, oh my gosh, I've never met you. Something, something like, you know, so-and-so is the one that's always here. Like I was like an absentee mother. And I was like, hold up. This is what I needed that t-shirt. You know, like you, this woman, like she just kept kind of going on about the fact that I wasn't there, but that really, I really feel like I was bothered by that because that's actually how I felt. <laughs> like, I, you know. I, so let this. Is he less of a man in that scenario? I did not like that scenario. Is he less of a man? Do you see <laughs> less of a man? Yeah, I didn't. I'm just going to say I did not like that scenario at all. <laughs> I know it wasn't the question. Is, is he but less of a man? Generally speaking, so I, I don't want to speak about like, you know, him specifically, but no, I'm going to say, no, no, not him. I'm saying is it okay. But is a man in that scenario in your way of thinking based on what you would rather see happen based on what you think is your role is a man that does that less of a man in your eyes? That's all I'm asking. All I can say is if I'm the one leaving the house every day, you know, um, while you're at home, you know, not working. Okay, so that's different. I'm saying he was working, you know, he was running his business from home. Right. Um, but if I'm the one that is, you know, working leaving and whatever and then it comes to the point where i just feel like i'm not as involved like i just want to i just i'm really a hands-on mom i want to be involved in my children's life this is why i had kids and some moms and i'm not judging any woman that wants to be the one that leaves the off the house every day to go to the office you know i commend you for that and if that's how it is in your household i'm not judging nor am i saying but i'm just saying for me when we talk about you know, leadership and everything else. To me, that, to me, like, I would admire that greatly. That okay, we so would be in a position where I could even do that, where I could stay home. Well, I've heard women say that they don't feel validated because people don't appreciate their domestic responsibilities. You don't know what I have to go through every day while you're at work. Um, I should get paid what I, I don't get paid nothing and I should get paid 
God knows how much money because when I wake up, I have to do this and I have to do this and I got to wash clothes. I got to make food. I got to. Well, so, they don't. They can't worry about what a, out, outsiders think. No, but I'm saying, but that is that is is the value of what you do at home equivalent to what the leader you want in your life does outside the house? Is it is it equivalent, or you don't see it as equivalent? I definitely see it as equivalent. I mean. Working from home and having kids is very hard. There are many articles by psychologists, experts, et cetera, that say that it's actually much harder, like women who work from, or parents who work from home and try to be involved, they're like doing two jobs at one time. And that's a fact, because I've done it. When my kids were smaller, I'm like, like I, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I can't even do anything. Like I would just focus on the kids and I'd be up till two or three in the morning trying to do my thing. Okay. You don't work. So you don't have a job. I do work. No, I've no. always worked. In this scenario, you don't oh, have a job. Gotcha. You're just domestic. Yes. Your job is the kids. That's I'm a kept wife, basically, kid, is what yes, you're saying. Exactly. So if you're a kept wife, is there equal value in what you do at the house and what the your spouse does out of the house? Is there equal value? That's Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So if this if the scenarios are reversed. You're telling me that they're not equal. Because I'm, I'm not telling you it's not equal. I'm saying I would prefer <laughs> that <laughs> he bring his value in a paycheck. I got you. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> like, I would just prefer that. And I don't care. Like, And it's not even about who's earning more money either. Wow. I am loving this episode. We are talking about so many different hot topics. So what we're actually going to do, everyone, is we're going to break this up into two different segments. So this is part one. If you loved part one, just wait until um, you hear part two because we're really going to go in. So I see Grayson is over here trying to, um, you know, get me to say certain things. So that's that's really funny. Um, so again, thanks for listening. If you enjoy my podcast, please make sure that you subscribe so that you can get notified of future episodes. And then also share this episode with your friends who are also dating after divorce in their 40s. If you'd like to be a guest, make sure that you reach out. You can find me on social media at Nadia Policard on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And let me know if there's any topics that you would love for me to discuss. All right, guys, thanks for your support and stay tuned for part two, which is also going to be fire.